1986, Universal Studios greenlit Martin Scorsese's next project, a film that he'd wanted to make since childhood. With a shoestring budget and a short schedule, production began. Armed with his sense of direction and an excellent cast, Scorsese filmed the project with a sense of emergency, as he called it. Upon the film's release, critics praised the performances while Christians publicly protested. That was The Last Temptation of Christ, and this is Godfellas. Hello, friends. I'm Mr. Zach. I'm Mr. Mitch. And I'm Mr. Brandon. Welcome to Godfellas, the small group that meets online. So first things first, this week, as you heard in the cold open, we're going to be talking about Martin Scorsese's film, The Last Temptation of Christ. But before we do that, let's sing a song with Mitch. So this movie talks about spiritual turmoil, and this song by Lust Control talks about the same thing. Hold it. This is... Lust the band control? name is Lust Control. <laughs> the band is named Lust Control. Is this a Christian band? This, this is, is a, a real band. band. This, yeah, this a is a real Christian. This is not a joke I'm doing. <laughs> this isn't this one is of your real. bits. This is not one of my bits. This whole show is one of my bits, but this is not one of my bits. Okay, so play right. us the song by Lust Control. This song is called Mad at the Girls, and feel free to commentate as, as you please. Mm-hmm. That is some aggressive bass. Oh. Another Saturday afternoon at the mall. Trying to keep my mind on my job. But no. Here they come. Fresh out of school. They look so cool. And I feel hot. I hate this. Why is he so angry? <laughs> so this is like the church group version of punk, I guess. Do they have a record label? Oh, cute. They did a little whoop-woo with the guitar. Hilarious. You know what he feels like to me? Uh, Like he's ripping off Max Bemis from Say Anything. So the the heart of the song, if I'm hearing it correctly, is girls are the enemy because he's horny. (laughs) Because he can't control his lust. So this came out in... This is the whole segment of of Christianity I hate. So this is 1992, right after Green Day came out, and this was clearly the Christian response, and... Fun fact, everyone hates this band. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of the, the song Institutionalized by Suicidal Tendencies. Do you, are you guys familiar with that? In Iron Man, when Tony's working on his hot rod, it's playing in the background, mm-hmm. if that helps anyone. 
It, yes. It's just more of like a, it's like a spoken, <laughs> it's like a mix of like spoken word and kind of like raging instruments like that. To me, this is a prime example of when your message is more important than your art. And also like the, just this, this guy's whole thing about like, oh, girls. I remember talking to my mom one time about, you know, guys like this who say things like, oh, I'm addicted to girls. My mom's saying, well, women aren't a substance. We're not things. Like, we're human beings. You can't be addicted to women. I don't think this guy knows what the word women means. I think it's yeah. all girls to, to him. It's all. Yeah. Like, he he's literally objectifying them in that song. He's like, their legs, their thighs. Yeah, they're on my MTV. I can't seem to change the channel. I can't imagine what it is to be this guy. I can't go to the mall because I might see some girls and then lose my mind. You know what I find insulting about it? Uh, To like punk is born out of there's social commentary (laughs) in punk music, right? Like there are problems. I am pissed off. And I need music to express that anger. There's no problems this guy has, right? Like, so this this, this is yeah. clearly some, you know, yuppie, Christian, you know, you know rich kid. Youth pastor. Who, yeah, exactly. <laughs> who wants to be mad. So he gets his friend to play bass and he records this demo. I just, woof, ugh, woof. No, thank you. Yeah. I feel Branded like, I feel anything? like if we... I feel like if we address the instrumentation, we'll be dignifying it in some way. <laughs> like, I feel like it's worth just like pretending it didn't exist because it was pretty terrible. Like yeah. lyrics aside, they don't know how to play music. No. Is is this the worst song you guys have ever heard? It's up there. I don't, it's up I'm there. not even going to like, I don't even know. I wouldn't consider it much of a song, I guess. It's just not, it didn't really check boxes you know for me as far as like <laughs> what music yeah the, this is, just doesn't even seem music. like music to me Settle up your horses. thank you Stephen curtis chapman and right now we have a very special guest he is a writer he is a director he is a producer he's just all around a good good guy and he is currently the creative arts director at Theater 315, located in Times Square. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, Chris Monroe. Thanks for having me, Zach. That was quite a nice introduction. So, when this movie came out, The Last Temptation of Christ, the year's 1988, correct? I think so, yes. Right. And you said that your church went to protest the film. We did. Um, <clears throat> I wasn't really part of that decision making. I was in junior high, and or high school. I think one time I can't remember offhand, but uh, I was young, and the church had somehow caught wind of this film that was coming out about the life of Jesus, and a lot of people were very upset about it before it had even come out. Apparently, people that were part of this decision had. Um, gotten their hands on some of the script and read some of the script mm. or at least heard about what was in there and so based on that they were ready to oppose this uh, the release of this film and what it was going to be saying about about Jesus so what was the what do you think the goal was with protesting like was the goal to just not get people to see the film or was the goal to lead people to Christ 
Right. Um, I, probably both. Um, I mean, again, I was coming from a very uh, uninformed uh, vantage point when this is all happening. But uh, so our church, you know, the church movement that I was a part of was based out of Southern California, you know, non-denominational, no, no extreme. They're not extremists on anything or oh, weird or anything crazy. It was just uh, very non-denominational, very laid back California. But they were like, we're going to go. And so we did go down to the theater uh, where it was uh, premiering. Uh, that I think the opening weekend or somewhere around there. Right. And there was a lot of people online waiting to see the movie. People wanted to see the movie just because of the, the controversy. So we, what we did was we had also planned to show another uh, version of the Jesus movie. I forget which one. It, it was Jesus of Nazareth, you said, right? I think it was Jesus of Nazareth. Which is like the six-hour TV show? Yes. I think it was a shorter version, but okay. what we were planning <laughs> to do was screen that uh, at our church. And so we weren't just p- protesting the movie. We were inviting people to come to our church and see another version of the life of Jesus in film, specifically. Gotcha. So were you there with like signs saying, don't see this movie, see our movie? <laughs> we had... Um, um, I, yeah, we did have signs. I forget what they said. Um, but the foe I, is not Christ. <laughs> <laughs> this is not Jesus. But we, um, I forget what they said, but I remember we had flyers as well right. that we're handing out to people and saying, I remember at one point, I think I said something like, come see the real version of Jesus' life. Where everyone is also white and British. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So did you feel a sense of like purpose when you were protesting the film or was it just like, they're telling us to do this, so we'll go do this. I think based on what we were hearing about it, uh, it was like, oh, that's really disturbing. Like, right. This is really grotesque. Uh, some of the things that I had heard about The Last Supper where they were actually eating flesh and drinking blood, <laughs> uh, it was in the script. That's what I heard was right. in the script. And so it just seems so bizarre to me. And I mean, I think the things that the protests and the stances that people took, other Christians, uh, was a kind of extreme and kind of reactionary, I would say. Right. Uh, where they would say, like, AMC, I think, was going to be the one distributing the movie. And so people were signing petitions saying, we will never see any movie at an AMC. Oh, wow. If, you know, if, if this gets shown here. So I'd never, I didn't sign up for that. I never did anything like that. But I just remember there being a very strong reaction. I thought, you know. Right. Thank you, Chris, for being on on episode one of Godfellas. Um, where can people find out what you're up to, or where can they find out about these wonderful productions that you do here in the city? Um, call Zach. <laughs> um, Theater three fifteen. Theater three fifteen. Facebook, Instagram. Facebook, Instagram. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Chris. You got it. Preach, preach up. Fellas, it is time. For our feast. It is time to dive right in. This is why we're here today to talk about Martin Scorsese's film, The Last Temptation of Christ. So um, I'm just curious what you guys had not seen this movie prior to me saying that I wanted to talk about it on the podcast, correct? Correct. Yeah, I'd only seen a few scenes, I think. So had you heard about it prior, and if you had, um, what had you heard about the film i knew the ending uh was that the last temptation is that he was going to choose a normal life so that's that's the big spoiler that i knew uh going in but i i didn't know the approach of the movie 
uh, and how it was going to portray his humanity other than that. I actually went in completely blind, other than some Ooh. of the preliminary conversations that we had prior to my viewing. I think, yeah, I think maybe I had um, read an article or two. But other than that, I, I pretty much went in completely blind. I was uh, texting with a friend while I was watching this movie. And he's someone I went to college with. We were just discussing some of the... I was kind of live tweeting, if you will. And he, he, was, he made the comment that any list of historical figures, any, any list that was uh, being put together of like historical figures that would be hard to reimagine on the screen, right. uh, Jesus Christ has to be at the very top of that list. And right. I, I'm thinking to myself, like, if, uh, if I'm Marty Scorsese and I'm making this movie, I understand, like, his vision for the movie, and, and it became a little more clear as, as, as we kept watching. I just don't know. Like, the risk is so high on taking on something like this and, and, and adapting it to your vision. It's so high. I, I don't know that... If I were him, I would have taken something like this on. I think it was very, very risky, very risky. And I, I'll say I, I went in with a feeling of apprehension and a, a, my guard up. And I, I won't lie, I had a, I had my Bible out, kind of checking the the scriptures, following along as as the as the movie went on. And I wanted to, you know, I I even am sometimes self conscious about my. Um, Bible memorization, and and I wanted to make sure that I was remembering correctly how all this stuff happened, and I and I was kind of lining my memory up and and looking the the scriptures up, and just a lot of liberties taken, you know, and and I think uh, I think I struggled with it. I struggled through the whole movie. I did. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's interesting. When I was watching it, I I had this reaction. I thought to myself, I think if this came out today it would have been a non-issue. Um, I agree. I, agree. I, think, I think like all of the uh, the hip Mumford and Sons, Sufjan, Stevens, Christians would have flocked to support this, and it would have been fine. Um, and I've brought up in the past uh, with the two of you that I sometimes feel a little bit, um, I hate the expression, but spiritually homeless in that uh, I am a little far too left for fundamentalism and for uh, kind of the tradition I was raised in, but uh, I definitely would not describe myself as, you know, irreligious. Uh, I'm firmly a Christian. And it can be lonely sometimes, but there are spaces that have been cultivated for people like me uh, online for us to get together to discuss, hey, I have this tradition I love, but I have these doubts about it. And I had a really emotional reaction when I started watching this movie because it just seemed to me that this was a movie that walked so other things can run uh, in this space uh, of, uh, you know, when you say, Brandon, that it is so risky, you know, what is what is it going to accomplish maybe or, uh, you know, it, it is it's such an explosive topic. Mm-hmm. I think it probably moved the goalpost at least a little bit of how we can have these discussions around faith and doubts and uh, humanity and the divine uh, at least a little bit. So I feel a sense of gratitude to what he did, even if 
every scene doesn't work perfectly and if there are moments that feel maybe a little problematic i uh i still feel a sense of gratitude for uh this movie i think defoe gives a great performance he is so just electric in the movie Mm. in that he feels like very very intense but not in a way that he usually is do you know what i mean yeah yeah, this this portrayal of Jesus I really appreciated uh, in contrast to what I feel like we normally get in movies, which is like a Zen kind of master Jesus where he's he's like kind of dewy, like uh, glazed over. and You know what I mean? Like he doesn't always feel present to me. Right. Like, you know, normally just kind of like is gently smiling at someone and touching them on the shoulder with his palm <laughs> and, uh, and that's that. <laughs> Uh, and often just doesn't feel like a man to me where, um, uh, yeah, Willem, Willem Dafoe's portrayal was, uh, he, he felt very, um, present in what was going on in his life. Uh, I, uh, one of my favorite aspects of the character is he's railing against, um, everything that's happening around him. He's actively fighting his destiny. And I think that's kind of a beautiful thing to see portrayed, but it made Jesus feel active uh, and like an active agent in his life in a way that every other portrayal of mm-hmm. him just feels like here's the foregone conclusion of you know I'm going to be crucified and I'm going to say these words you've read in the Bible and and that's that when I look at movies particularly the, the scene where they're going to stone the woman I compared this movie to the greatest story, story ever told which is very boring very long and like the guy who plays Jesus just like doesn't seem that interested in anyone and I I mean I just found it a real powerful image of a Jesus who goes running in to protect Mary after rocks have already been thrown you know what I mean and that he doesn't stand there and go hey stop that but he runs in to to protect her like there's something that's beautiful about that and uh, that really that speaks to me personally. I think some things uh, that I liked were ki- was kind of the um, middle section of, yeah. of the movie. When it's the Bible. When it's the Bible. I thought a lot of those were pretty accurate. I felt like they were, um, you know, these visualized moments that I'm familiar with. And I thought it was uh, pretty cool to see some of that um, acted out. Um, I liked... I liked the whole wedding scene. I thought that was, um, oh goodness, very engaging and pleasant. I thought it was, um, I liked, and this felt a little, I don't know, almost like Jesus is a rock star, but him kind of the sequence, (laughs) the sequence of him walking and then like his crowd is growing behind him. Yeah. That was cool. Some of that stuff played good on the, uh, in the movie, so I liked. Yeah, I liked a lot of that. Right. Yeah, and to speak to what Mitch was saying, um, and also what you were saying, the wedding scene. I love when the one guy says to Mary, like, you know, you can't be in here. We're here to celebrate purity. And I just like how Jesus walks up to him and says, "Let me explain something to you." Yeah. <laughs> like I just love how Defoe lo- delivered that line, and like he just, yeah, I thought that was, I it was cool. Yeah, the middle section of the movie, when they're just like doing kind of the the beats that you know already yeah. i found to be yeah i think i struggled with the beginning and i struggled with the end but i Me think too. i was i think i was pretty good i think i was pretty good in the, in the middle uh, those were the the times i could really kind of sink my teeth into it and 
and enjoy myself. Um, yeah, um, I, I think m- it's interesting because I know a lot of people didn't like the ending of the movie because yeah. they didn't seem to understand that it was a temptation and not actually Jesus going through with it. I think that for me, the thing that I like in the movie the least or the thing that makes me the most uncomfortable is Jesus making crosses at the beginning. Yeah. And I think another thing that plays into my feeling, like the way I feel the way I do is because that never like comes back. Do you know what I mean? It's not paid off or. Yeah. Like it, it's, I feel like it's just something that they did like, Oh, wouldn't this be interesting? But it's not carried through the whole way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I, I feel like there were a few a few things in the beginning that were were troublesome, and um, right. the the cross the cross scene sequence was one of them. And um, I felt like the portion of the movie where Jesus is talking about all of the things he's done and my sins and this and you know I think I am not someone. This movie is. It is not for me. It's some like this okay. is it's some it's not for me. It's like I'm I'm someone who would want more of a factual retelling. You know, right. I, I realize that um, just a straight up and down retelling of of the gospel would be a f- pretty short movie. You know, and um, right. there is some uh, you have to fill in some gaps there to make a, a film. Um, but just just some of those th- some of those things that we we know to be untrue. I think I I took issue with. For me, uh, it shows that Jesus, the man, has flaws. Uh, that he, like, if there's something that could be conceived as being a sin, it's him contributing to the evil of the Roman Empire by making that torture device, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's some gray there. Uh, and I think it directly sets up the scene with Ju- Judas following where. You know, he accuses him and says, you know, I struggle for what is right. I struggle on behalf of our people. You right. collaborate with mm-hmm. the Romans. That's what you're doing. Right. Uh, and, and I think that's a really damning statement to make, to say essentially that you're on the wrong side. I'm on the right side. You're on the wrong side. And I think right. that sets up the, the, the dynamic between those two characters for the rest of the movie, where um, Judas's uh, entire spiel to jesus the whole movie is you need to be a political revolutionary you need to fix the society before you know approaching the heart and jesus's response is you know uh nothing will change in a lasting meaningful way unless we change the hearts of people um right otherwise whatever we replace the roman empire with is going to turn into something just as evil Right. So I think I think this um, this cross element it uh, it shows uh, that Jesus's allegiances it's not to a political ideology necessarily his mission is is a spiritual mission it's a religious right, right. mission but it's he is being shown to be maybe not on the side of his people uh, okay. and it 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 would. Uh, provide further kindling. Uh, I think there's a response from someone later. Uh, they they don't like that he makes the crosses. Like other people are aware that he is doing this. Right. So it's not just that Jesus is from this crappy town, right? Where the scriptures right, literally right. say nothing is nothing good is going to come from there. 
he's also the guy who makes the crosses for the Romans. So right. it further adds to some of the beauty of the, uh, you know, this figure. You know, that's what's so revolutionary about uh, the story of Jesus is that it's it's a no one. It's the least likely figure um, to bring about the change that he brings about. So I think it just it starts him in an interesting place. I completely understand that it, uh, I mentioned, it feels like it may be sinful for him to be doing this because yeah. he is adding to an evil empire. I'm still having a hard time. I, I know that this um, they, there are no claims to be, uh, there are no factual claims with this movie. You know, that, right, that right. is uh, explicitly stated. It explicitly, yeah, yeah, yeah in the up, beginning. Up front, and I know if you, you know, look at it online, that it, there are little disclaimers, and I think there's one on IMDb. I still struggle with not um, viewing this movie through the lens, like through my, like, factual lens, the things that I know to be facts and the things that I know to be untrue. I, I still struggle to view this be, just because of... Um, the uh, the the figure of Jesus is in my you know to me is is one of uh, holiness and, and perfection and um, we know that he did not sin while he was on the earth and you know the, these things are um, these things are explicitly stated in in the Bible and um, I I just I know that <clears throat> I know that this is this is a movie this is um this is is this is in many ways fiction um i just i know that uh i i w- will always struggle with that if if i ever were to watch it again i would continue to struggle with that i think for me it just exemplifies to come at it from you know the the different angle i i have uh, it's the kind of christian art i want more of uh and that i would pay money to see um, because it's it's an artist of repute, Scorsese, grappling with a religious text that he obviously holds very dearly. Right. Uh, and I, I think it's unafraid to ask questions, which was uh, really moving to me. I think, I think why I have such an emotional reaction to it is because my church home, and this isn't to indict anyone, any person, but... I think did not leave a lot of space uh, that made me feel safe to f- express doubt, to express anger, to tell people I had depression, and to see my savior exhibit right. doubt, anger, depression. It made me feel seen in a way that I have not felt before. I I I think there is this myth just as mythologized and fictional as the version of Jesus we see here of take it on the, the chin Jesus Mm. who was stoic to the end, (laughs) a real man's man hero, um, you know, serene in his wisdom and unwavering in his, you know, commitment to his mission. Intellectually, that does not interest me. Because that is not the experience of humans. Right. Um, and spiritually and, and emotionally, that feels empty and hollow to me. What could be more holy? What could be more accessible, I guess, uh, a story than a human being working out their faith? Right, That's what right. this movie is about. It's about 
the man of Jesus working out his faith. What does God want from me? You know? Yeah, and, and I think another thing, what I really do like about the movie is that I really do like the moments that come directly from Scripture. Like, I wrote a couple down. Um, I wrote, when Jesus says, if I could touch every stone and breathe on every branch, mm. they'd get up and follow me. Why won't you? And, like, mm. to me, it wasn't so angry. It was just more like, I don't understand why you guys won't, you know, follow me, like, and trust me. And that reminds me, you know, when Jesus says to, you know, the Pharisees, like, if the rocks and the stone, you know, if, if these people don't praise me, the rocks and the stones are going to cry out. And, and then I was thinking about when maybe my favorite <laughs> line, and I have a lot of favorite lines in the movie. <laughs> I love when, uh, when he's talking to the Pharisees and he says, you think you're special? God is not an Israelite. And it reminds me in, in John mm-hmm. 8 of when Jesus is, when the people are talking to Jesus and they say, we're children of Abraham. And he says, God can make children of Abraham out of these very stones. So like it's the thing I you know the and it's paraphrasing sure I really do appreciate some of those those ties to scripture and for me those are some of the more powerful moments and seeing them come from you know a Jesus who like you were saying is you know we see that he's angry and to some extent I think there's a level of brilliance with Defoe when I tell people that Defoe is playing Jesus in the movie there's a lot of oh like isn't he creepy or like isn't he the Green Goblin and it's kind of a thing like well. What if that was Jesus? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what if mm-hmm. Jesus isn't like this this guy who we always see who talks and whispers in movies? What if he, you know, what if this is more what he was like? Like, are you still cool with that? Even just the fact that he's not a Jim Caviezel, mm-hmm. you know, style of handsome. Yeah. Right. Uh, I think is is compelling. Right. There's, there's a, a regular guyness to Willem Dafoe's Jesus right. uh, that no other depiction has. I think I agree with your take on um, Jesus struggling with his faith. I think some of those portions were very powerful, very moving. Um, I think um, some of the things that, that I... I struggle with. I wanted to kind of clarify it, you know, maybe even more so for myself. But um, I think I think a lot plays into my uh, the idea of Jesus with me that has nothing to do with scripture. It has a lot to do with like art or right, you right. Know, other people's um, like the English version of Jesus, you know. And and so <laughs> yeah. I tried. I did try very hard to. Um, like, okay, I have a problem with what's happening. Is it because that's what I think, you know, this is what I, these are the things that I think Jesus should be or was, or, or is that scriptural, you know? And so I was able Mm. to discard a lot of my problems right away with, well, just because it doesn't look like the, the famous painting of Jesus or it doesn't, you know, it, these are Mm -hmm. all things, these are all things that are not based on scripture. Um, I think, um, yeah. then I, you know, I would go a step further and, um, I, I had mentioned before, you know, Jesus in the beginning was talking about his sins and, uh, we know that he was without sin on earth. And, um, I think I, I did really, uh, struggle with that. I think the middle was, mm-hmm. was great. I, I liked a lot of the, um, the portions him, I loved him kind of gathering the disciples. I thought that was Uh, fantastic. I think one thing I didn't like was I felt like the movie draws a hard line. We know that Jesus while on earth was both fully man and fully God. I feel like the movie draws a hard line between him being both. I felt like it was, this was Jesus, the man 
I kind of uh, was curious to hear your thought on this because he's obviously performing miracles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It almost feels like he's discovering them, though. Like, right, right, like right. It, it felt a little bit like he's a superhero discovering his powers, almost to me, which felt a little strange. Yeah, <laughs> uh, right, right. I think definitely a unique take, but I don't know. I like some of the human elements that you were referencing. I think there were other moments, though, that were far too human. I feel like so. Just to reference the the garden scene. I, at first, I took issue with it, and I was like, "Is it because you feel like that? Like, is it because it just makes Jesus look weak? Like, is that why you're taking issue here? Because there, there's nothing, there's no way for me to to know how that went down. And we know that he absolutely struggled with the idea of being crucified. He he pled with with drops of blood. He pled with God. Yeah. We know that. Yeah. Um, I think." So, like I said, I was able to kind of discard some of my grievances pretty early on. The garden, the garden scene, I thought was was uh, beautiful in many ways. Um, that was right. that was not something I I took issue with. I just felt like mm. um, there was more of a divide between Jesus and God than. I feel like we um the, the I feel like the picture the Bible paints for us. Sure. That's yeah. a personal maybe that's more of a a personal um take on it, but that was that's how I felt. Well, yeah, cuz I mean again, he's Chris says he's making an artistic choice. He is choice making too. an artistic let's, choice, yes. Let's explore the man. Sure. We have a lot of media that explores, mm-hmm. you know, his divinity. And I don't want to be tone uh, deaf and um, act, you know, pretend we're not talking about something that is a uh, a person's piece t- of art. Yes, I yeah, I absolutely right. know what we are talking about here. Um, no, but I I think that that is valuable to hear uh, because I think often the discussion when we have about Christian art, there's this big gulf between the camp that really um, the people in my corner who want more stuff like this and I can't believe people would have problems with it when it has this beautiful message and they're being I think sometimes obtuse to at the end of the day piece of art or not this is a depiction of you know someone's savior right yeah. someone's you know so it's it it is always going to stir up an incredibly personal uh, intense feeling so I think I think there's a tendency to be glib about that from one camp and then the other uh camp is just give me more pure flicks give me more pure flicks give me more of that kind of stuff which i don't want sacrilegious Mm. yeah and i i think the more we can bridge those two because i think we're kind of all hanging out in the middle here of like there's things i like about both but um yeah i i can appreciate i i like that perspective Welcome to Zach's special surprise segment, the segment filled with surprises. Oh, whoopee. So, so, so this week, uh, I have a fun game, and it is just for Brandon Sharp. So, Brandon, this game is called Yay or Nay. So, I'm going to play five seconds of a hip-hop song for you, and you're going to tell me if it is a Christian hip-hop song or 
a hip-hop song that does not claim to be Christian. Ooh, I and, love this. And to make it fun, I will give you two phone-a-friends to Mitch. All right. <laughs> All right. Are you ready? Yes, let's go. All right. Here we go. Track number one. Boy, yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah, right. Boy, yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah, right. Boy, yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah, right. That was, that was track number one. Is that a Christian song or a non-Christian song? Sounds Christian. Just watch my face as it plays, and that'll give you a pretty. <laughs> sounds sounds Christian, Mitch. Do you do you know? I don't know the song, but uh, it definitely has a Lecrae sort of stink to it. <laughs> All right. Well, that is the song "Yeah Right" by Vince Staples. It is <gasps> no! not a Christian song. You gotta play. A- All right, it gets a little bit better when the beat drops in. <laughs> I missed that good that's part. The point. It's not my fault. That's the point. It's it's supposed to be tricky. All right, here's here's another one. Yeah, I'm going to be right terrible at this. Good. I'm going to be terrible. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah, I'll do it again. Right. Let's do the next one. All right, here's the next one. This one might be a little easier, admittedly. Christian. I, I'm so afraid of being Christian now. No, no. Are you saying are I'm you gonna going be, Christian? I'm gonna I'm Brandon? gonna phone a friend here just so I have at least one okay. in the win column. Oh, go Mitch. ahead and phone a friend. No, go I ahead. don't know. Oh, I don't. Mitch. I'm not Ooh. a big hip hop. Neither am I. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be zero for five. Yeah, I I think it's Christian though. I think I'm gonna think keep saying Christian until I get one right. That way, if I, okay. if I swap back and forth, I'm gonna get them all wrong. Here's why I think it's Christian. <laughs> We here to party feels very Christian to me. Right. Like it's not like like it's like cool guys never say crap like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm gonna say Christian. I'm gonna say Christian. So you're you're both saying Christian? Yeah. Sure. It is Christian. It is the song It's Going Down by KJ Five Two. Oh man, KJ that was so much worse 5? than we even All right, Yikes. so so yes. All right, one let's, one and uh, one, one and one. Are yeah. we ready for the next one? Sure. Not too bad. Nice. Nothing. No, you got to give us more than that. Come on, just the guitar. <laughs> All right, that was 15 seconds. I think 15 It'd be seconds. It's to is... hear a voice. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to uh, get like, harder as time ens- goes on. I don't on. have an encyclopedic uh. knowledge of samples used in hip hop. <laughs> I'm going to My gut says secular. The the sample seemed a little more well produced. Yeah. Though when the drums came in, they felt a little stale. Did they? Did they fe- to me. feel stale? Yeah, I I think the guitar it makes me lean to secular, but I. Okay, we'll go with that. I struggle. We'll go with that. The, uh, yeah, the non-Christian. The drums. The drums are a little canned to me. Yeah. That uh, is we'll the go secular. That is the song "Gun Showers" by Ghostface Killa, and it is not Christian. Got it. Ooh, we made it. Two to one. 
<laughs> are, we, are we ready for the next one? Yes. Yes. Not pleasant. <laughs> It's got to be Christian. Yeah, that's whack, man. That's no good. That's no good. That is the song Lazarus by Trip Lee, and it yeah. is Christian. Trip Lee. It just feels so aggressive. Yeah. I'm a real rapper. Oh, my word. <laughs> yeah, like Limp Biscuit or Skillet or something. <laughs> right. I'm, 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 not keeping, I'm not keeping track. What do we <laughs> What are we at? That's uh, like three, three to one. one. I'm doing three and one. Three and one. See, you guys are doing better than here. You this, is, this should be the last one, right? All right. Uh, <laughs> there are there are two more. There oh no, I more. thought there were. Five. Sorry, I thought there were five. No, there are six. Well, there should be so an I'm, uneven number, so I could. The, well, there's two win. and two. There's there's three of each. Okay. Oh, I guess that yeah. makes sense. All right. This is secular. Okay, we're going that. He's he's certain. <laughs> Was that your phone a friend, Brandon? Yeah, I've. I, that's <laughs> you actually. You have to listen to him. That's my second phone a friend, actually. So yeah, we're going secular. Oh yeah. That is the song "It's Like That" by Handsome Boy Modeling School, and it is secular. Yeah, I knew. I knew that song. Oh, you did? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you should play it in the van all the time. I just remembered. Okay. Yeah, I was like, I've at least heard the sample. I definitely recognize this. It was at the end of my first film that I made. All right. And finally, the last one. Did you used to listen to this growing up? Because I definitely did. <laughs> I didn't know if Brandon would know it or not. That I feel like the, that's that Carlos Santana one. or something. <laughs> nope. Nope. Even better. Happy birthday, Irene. That's like Kirk Cameron, right? That's Toby Mac. Yes. I recognize that. So is that Christian or not? <laughs> that's Christian. That was a good segment. Cool. Well, thank you for joining us on Zach's special surprise segment. The segment filled with surprises. So, friends... We have come to the end of our show, and let's just check in with whoops and poops. So, I would like for you to tell me something about The Last Temptation of Christ. Tell me about your favorite thing in the movie, and let's stay away from, like, themes and stuff. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about stuff that's, like, actually in the movie. That your favorite thing in the movie, and your least favorite thing in the movie. So, your your whoops and your poops. I think my whoop would be... um... The I had to show it to my wife as well. I said, I want you to watch this sequence because it was really great. It was the temptation when he's out in the desert. It's this complete, it's at night. Yeah. Which I didn't ever, when I read that in, this, in the Gospels, I didn't picture it at night. Um, but I went with it. I, I just thought the whole thing, even, it was, even though that that was reinterpreted and done differently with the snake and the voice and then the lion and then he, he's fearless and then the lion steps in and, and vanishes and then uh, there's a third thing that happens. I the think. fire. The fire, yeah. Yeah, and he thinks it's the archangel and it's and a he devil. he says, you'll see me again. Yeah. And then, so I thought that sequence, even though that was highly, um, a high, you know, a great diversion from how it's read in scripture, I felt like the spirit of it was still there. Like, yes. this is this is good. This is good filmmaking. This is entertaining. I, I liked that that right. that aspect. The the poop would be um, 
I, uh, what really made me cringe, and because it, it, it kept happening over and over again, was Jesus perpetually apologizing to Mary Magdalene. Like, I'm so sorry I've let you down. And she was trying to seduce him in many ways, which I could appreciate that aspect. But he kept apologizing to her like he was not fulfilling his duty as a man. I, I don't know. It wasn't just like a one-time thing. It, it, it was a repeated thing. I don't know. I didn't like it. My favorite thing, and I really enjoy the movie, but my I think my favorite thing in the movie is the Peter Gabriel score. And I'm not a big Peter Gabriel guy, but man, the music in this movie, I really love it. Um, I think it's it's really great, and it, it elevates the film for me. And then my my poop, <laughs> I think, would be... I think the character of Mary is a little clunky in some places. Like, in one scene, she's screaming at Jesus about, like, you're not a man. Like, I don't want to see you. And then, literally, in the next scene, she's just like, stay with me. It, it felt a little messy to me. Um, it was a little bit confusing. And I don't know if that's just a result of, like, uh, a mix-up in editing or if it's just maybe something that I'm missing. But that was definitely my, my least favorite element of the film. Hmm. I'll go. I, um... I'll do my whoop first, and then I'll do my poop. So my whoop was I actually, I I actually thought the, the some of the artistic choices with Judas were very interesting, and the fact that Jesus may have asked him to lead the uh, lead the Romans or the Pharisees to to him was interesting. It almost made him like a a bit of a Severus Snape type character where, you know, we, tragic. yes, yeah. like, and he's doing this thing that he doesn't want to do, but he loves Jesus so much that he, you know, he will make, he will do this for him. Um, I don't think it's scriptural, but I thought it was like a bit, just a, I, it actually caught me off guard and, and it was like a fresh take on, on Judas, someone who was always depicted as like an evil person. So I thought it was right. um, something at, at, you know, something got him into, uh, at, he was asked to join the 12 disciples for some reason, you know, so there had to be some redeeming qualities there. I, mm -hmm. I thought this was, was interesting. My poop was the John the Baptistine. I, I thought it was mm. I thought it was pretty rough. Like it looked like some type of pagan devil worship going on um, in that scene. It, it was just very I don't know. I, I not so much John the Baptist himself, even though I don't even know what that means. But the scene, <laughs> the scene, the 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 right. what was taking place when Jesus showed up. It just felt very pagan and um, off to me. Anyway, sure. that's it. It's funny to me how different our reactions are. I loved it because that's his sect of uh, of Judaism was apocalyptic, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I can. It was jarring to see naked people yeah. flailing around in the water. I get you, uh, for sure. Uh, okay, so my whoop is uh, there's a line in particular that just really moved me to tears where. Uh, one of the Pharisees, when they're um, in the temple, says, "You know, what are you here to? Uh, what what is what problem does God have with the old laws? He wants to rewrite them now." Uh, and Jesus responds, uh, "No, there's no problem with the old laws. Uh, God just uh, knows our hearts are able to hold more now, uh, mm. and that's why I'm here." 
and obviously it's it's just a beautiful sentiment in scripture the way it's written of you know i'm the fulfillment of the law and i've come to you know uh to do that but I think what I'm getting at is I love how the movie kind of rewrites some of those famous scriptural passages and puts it in more down-to-earth language. Uh, So it doesn't read like um, some sort of proverb. Um, It it reads like uh, how someone would speak. Uh, I think that's uh, moving uh, because we then get a more personal, uh, dramatic interpretation of the scripture. But I think it also uh, introduces a cool idea of, like, Jesus may have been speaking normally, and then what was recorded by his followers, you know, could have been, you know, the words we needed to needed to read. That, you know, I, I think that is an interesting idea to chew on. Uh, so uh, that's my whoop. My poop is the very same section. I think the middle, the middle of the movie, uh, where it's the Bible's greatest hits, mm-hmm. uh, the, that middle hour uh, is too long. I think it drags the pace of the movie down. Uh, there's not enough. I think there's some interesting choices being made, but there's not enough that I find compelling in that section to warrant. Uh, I think it drags the the rest of the story down a little bit, especially in contrast to like, I mean, the beginning of the movie is so so powerful to me when he's having a discussion of his doubts, and uh, I on, I only got to very near the end, but uh, I I just think the middle kind of drags. So, poop is the middle, whoop is the middle. <laughs> I am filled with contradictions, uh, yeah. but good movie. Cool. Well, Mitch, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm really glad that you watched this movie and that you liked it as much as you did. And Brandon, you know what? Thanks for giving the movie a fair chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 that's really cool. <clears throat> In conclusion, this movie might not be your cup of tea. It might be a bit too much for you, and that's cool. But I would definitely recommend seeing for yourself. So that's going to do it for us this week mm-hmm. here on Godfellas, everybody. Make sure you check back next time when we're talking about the 2018 Pure Flix film, Samson. That one's bound to be a little bit lighter in tone, and it's going to be a lot more fun. So make sure you come back. I've been Mr. Zach. I've been Mr. Mitch. And I'm Brandon. Mr. 